Hey, peoples. Um, Hello. Humanoids. Insects. Reptilians. Uh, leaders of countries. Bigfoots. Bienvenue. Llamas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for bringing up a llama. Yeah. Welcome to Shenanigans <laughs> with Biscuits and Gravy. We are here at yes. your disposal. Yes, I'm all, Gravy. All nine of you. All nine. Yes. Thank you. All we're, nine of you. We're back to nine now. Oh, We were at eight. Now we're back to nine listeners. I was worried. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys email in or message us on Facebook, we'll email you back. We'll stay in touch. We'll be like a, like a Mr. Rogers. Exactly. Seriously, like like we he will. did. He, he, he hand wrote all his letters back. I will hand type all my emails back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, either Gravy or myself. Sure. Even if you're mean, even if you're like, God, you guys suck. I'll be like, man, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> no one's given us ratings said how, how much they love or hate us. So, you know, but let us know. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so concerned with that. But yeah, if you feel like telling us we suck, yeah, tell us. Um, make, I, a Yelp, make a Yelp review. I like that. <laughs> I, I, something also we're looking for is a, a veteran um, that... You know, obviously, someone that's not active anymore. But, you know, a, a veteran that's, you know, maybe wants to join us on Skype and talk about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, God, that would be cool. Yeah, I don't know what kind of stuff. Anything. I don't care. But, yeah. Maybe you um, can ask uh, my work buddy, Gary. He was a combat medic. Army. Officer. Ah, yeah. Yes. Gary and Gary. Yes. And actually, uh, this is funny. Uh, I went down to the lab the other night, and uh, one of the girls was like, I asked who was working, and they said G&G. And she goes, oh, Gary and Gary. (laughs) And I just died laughing. I was like, that's awesome. You guys know us like that. (laughs) Um, I I do have a topic. It came out out of the blue. It was... um... Wait, what day of the week is it? Is it is this Monday or Tuesday? No, it's Tuesday. It's Dude, Tuesday. it's been messing me up too. I keep yeah. thinking it's Monday. All yeah, I know. Um it was Sunday, I believe it was, when I watched the uh the Netflix movie Highwaymen with uh uh Woody Harrelson and uh Kevin Costner. Yep. Um, if you guys got Netflix, highly recommend watching this show. So good. And it's, so good. It's it's uh it's about Bonnie and Clyde. But mm-hmm. it's focused more on the lawmen, the two Texas Rangers, right. and other lawmen that were, you know, their whole, you know, Golden Hammer. Yeah, yeah, Golden Hammer. So I decided after that that you know I, I would try to get as you know as decent you know information that I can without being too long and specific, but yet putting stuff in there that maybe people don't know. So I, I've got a short little background on it. Um, I also have a small little piece on uh, Frank Hammer and uh, Ben Galt, or Manny Galt. Mm-hmm. And I also have uh, um, just under a dozen <clears throat> random facts about the whole, you know, uh, Bonnie and Clyde situation that most people don't know or get wrong. So, I mm. thought, I thought you know, such a wonderful movie. Oh, God, it was. Oh. Look, I, I, don't, I don't tout movies a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a big pusher. If you like, you like what you like, and that that's going to be it. Like I like the movie The Lobster. A lot of people would have hated it. Mm. It's very stupid, dumb, dark comedy. And if you don't like it, you're not going to like it. I would never recommend that to somebody unless I absolutely knew they liked that. This movie, I recommend to everybody. Oh, yeah. This is just a great, slow burn. Like, And everyone talks about, oh, well, I like CSI. I like law movies. I like this. That. This fits so many categories. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is, And it's that good of a flick. And not to mention, you know, Kevin Costner and Woody Hilson, they both, they work so well with each other. And... They oh, yeah. use like their best because, uh, um, like like you and I we had discussed earlier, Kevin Costner's you know he's typically plays a serious role, you know yep. in movies, and Woody Harrelson Absolutely. typically plays a little more on the comedy side, and yep. you know they both did you know they both played serious, but Woody did use a little bit. It's just oh yeah, good. they they it, it was well written. Um, yep, very well. Very well yeah. done. And it, you know, it's one of those nice out of place movies. Like, you know, you feel the character's angst because you feel out of, out of place somewhere in your life. So you automatically get that projection. Like, okay, we get it. You know, fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And I do like how they basically, because <clears throat> we discussed this earlier too, how they just kind of whitewashed Bonnie and Clyde in it. Like they were background to everything. It was just, that's the antagonist. And yeah. you barely saw them. And most people, what they think when you think Bonnie Clyde, I mean, you, I mean, really look at it, they're romanticized. But in reality, oh, absolutely, they're murderers. Yeah. Now, what what ended up being thirteen? Thirteen murdering cold blood? Something like that. Um, there's a, uh, I got a lit number here, like written down. But I mean, it's it's. And one of the things I'm going to go into is about, you know, the kind of the romanticized thing, which, you know, a lot of people got wrong. But um, we, we, when we do get in that topic, that's basically what mine's about. And uh, yeah. I, I think it'd be pretty good. I, you know, I've got a few things that uh, one particular thing I do want to stress on it that, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, it is not a romantic, uh, what do you call it? uh it's not some whirlwind romance that, you know, it's meant to be, you know, it's this is not the Capulets and the Montagues. These were very the, evil, fucked up. Yes. People. These were these were disturbed individuals. Yes. And honestly, the only way to stop them was to kill them. Yeah. So that's what happened. But uh and and uh, you what what about you? Yeah, um so <clears throat> we skipped over this uh last time. Because it's, it's very dark, and, like, honestly, researching it and looking everything up kind of took me to a nasty place, and it was, like, I was having dreams about it, and there are two movies based on it, and I couldn't even bring myself to watch them after I had read, like, news articles mm. and stuff like that. So, uh, it's about the toolbox killers uh, that were in uh, California. In the 1970s, they uh, kidnapped, raped, and tortured and murdered five girls within just a few months span. Like, it was very quick, and they yeah. got caught. And uh, uh, it, it's just th- these guys, uh, Bitteker and Norris, they were just, I mean, just absolute. This shit reads like a demon's resume, man. 
it's it's absolutely awful um but it's something it's one of the ones that i hadn't heard about like i kind of stumbled across it and i was like why have i never heard about these you know i've done a ton of research on serial killers Mm -hmm. and this is one of the ones i just hadn't heard about and then after reading it i realized just you know maybe why this one wasn't as publicized as others and it's just due to how horrific it is yeah, that'd, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a dark, a dark moment, I think. I, I do have something real quick. Um, it, I, I posted something back in uh, the end of March on our Facebook page. Um, mm-hmm. if, if any listeners don't know, um, if they have Facebook and they haven't found it yet, just go in there and search Shenanigans with Biscuits and Gravy. We got a Facebook page. But um, I decided... Um, we have a drinking game. Drinking and shenanigans is Jesus. what I like to call it. Um, basically, we talk, you drink. Yeah. Um, so here's the uh, here's the rules, okay? All right. And the following events, you must have a drink. And these are when one of us burps, when one of us farts, when one of us sneezes, and when one of us coughs. God. <laughs> Poor bastards. <laughs> and I, I'm talking like not a fake fart, nothing like. I'm talking like you know. Obviously, if you if you haven't figured out by now, we're pretty uh, open with our bodily uh, uh, functions. Yes, we are. So, uh, so yeah, that is our. Uh, and I will go over them one more time. That is, if where 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 do you go? Oh, there it burp. is. Yeah, fart. Burp, burp, fart, sneeze, and cough. It's all bodily functions. I can make a song out of that. We're going to call this dysfunction for your bodily functions. Ooh, write that down. I'm writing that down. That was good. Send it to me. Moment of brilliance achieved for the day. Ooh, that that is very good. Yes. Yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. High five. Okay. Yeah. You know, I went by the top comic book store the other day, last week. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help myself. I got an old Where Conan book. An old Conan book? Yeah, from Dark Horse. Oh, yeah. Dark Horse. Back, See, I, I like back when Dark Horse was good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of the but, big hard books with, like, multiple in it. Yeah. And this is, like, it was violent and bloody. Their Ghost Rider series was absolutely fantastic. I, I like how dark, you know, Dark Horse, because the Marvel Conans, if anybody doesn't know, and when they, if you ever seen Conan and the, the different Conan movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, honestly, they were great movies. They're classics, but I still think Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, we could have done better for somebody, with, you know. Either way. Oh, yeah. Um, however, there is different... In, in the world of Conan, you had different companies. Like uh, Marvel, they couldn't be as violent, couldn't be as bloody. Unlike Dark Horse, they just went full out. And, you know, the whole... what What, what is that whole... Uh, what's that thing called about the censorship thing? I, I don't remember. The comic book code of something. The comic book oh, code Oh, yeah, like the hero can't kill. And all that. Are you talking about that crap? Um, it's, no, well, so it, it, 
more like on the like kind of like a PG thirteen R rated yeah. type of thing. You, they had to they had to keep yeah. it kind of nice because it was geared towards the yeah. kids, yeah. and then they all kind of understood that. Yeah. But then there started to be people who went it like the underground comics started coming out. Yeah. Yes. That's when you got like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where they drank and smoked and, yeah. you know, and then suddenly you got the good stuff. They're like these underground comics that were just edgier. Now, granted, uh, Marvel Comics, yeah, they do have, you know, like heroes that murder people, drinking and stuff like that. But there is a limit to what they can do. While other companies, there are other companies like underground ones or like you know, not as big or as Marvel or DC that can actually get away with doing that because they don't have that that code, or that censorship code, or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't remember. Yeah. I'll eventually find it. Right now, I just don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that attitude. Yeah, I get it. You know, sometimes. But um, yeah, I picked cookies. It, up. it was like twenty something. Hold on, I'm putting this one back. It was like twenty something bucks, and it's got like. Awesome. Uh, yeah, twenty five bucks, and I don't know how many. It's like volume one. Yeah, but uh, um, the covers pretty just, badass. I decided I'm gonna uh, start doing a collection for my son. I think of um, just kind of cool toys that I can give him when he's older. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I wanted to do the uh, the Todd McFarlane, yeah, like uh, yeah. the Billy the Kid and Attila the Hun and Vlad the Impaler and all that. Get him all those. Like, give them to him when he's older and be like, look how cool this shit is. You my, know? Uh, my two uh, stepdaughters, uh, their father, actually, he started just a few years ago collecting uh, action figures and... Hold on. Okay. Oh! oh drink. Drink it up. Get know. it. Get um, it. Get it. And he, like, and I'm not talking like the cheap ones. I'm talking like, you know, the nice design ones. You're going to spend about, a, you know, a good 20, 30 bucks for or more. And he, Dude, I've I've spent a hundred and seventy dollars on an action on on a in the box action figure. I haven't spent that much yet. Um, notice I say yet. I'm I'm looking for what I want. But it was um, a spawn, like, by like, the way. Like I said, he he'll go out and like, you know, like he he brought a few out. Um, like last couple times he came out to Hawaii to visit the girls, and uh, um. Like we'll go out. He'll take a couple in his camera, and he'll like like sit on the ground with like the ocean in the background. And he started it as a as, as just for fun because he thought it was kind of cool. Put it on his Instagram, and next thing you know, he's, I mean, he's doing this as, um, he's close to where he could do it as a profession. That's cool. It's he, he's got a lot of fun. Hey, man, that's yeah, awesome. He's got people asking him to do stuff. He's you know. I mean, he's he's it's something he likes to do and it's fun. Um, I thought about it, but I don't really want to. I don't want to have the space, and I don't want to get a whole bunch. I'd rather just get a small collection of guys I like. But camera wise, I, I've got a pretty decent camera, but I'd rather just take pictures of nature. Yeah. However, I still have a, a, a an idea that I came up with years ago. I still thinking about doing. And basically is I want to take pictures of photographers taking pictures of other people. <laughs> that's had to have been done. Tell me that's been done. I, I haven't seen it, man. I have not seen it anywhere. And yeah. I've been mentioning it, you know, every once in a while over the last so many years. And that's I, one of those that's one of those questions who photographs the photographer. 
Yeah. Who cuts who cuts the barber's hair? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Cool. It's one of those age old ones that you're just not gonna answer. Yeah. I mean it's it's like you I don't care about seeing a guy with his fresh new haircut. I wanna get a picture of the guy barber. You know what I mean? See and that's and that's the actually should be the name of the show is who cuts the barber's hair, <laughs> who photographs the photographer. Yeah, but uh, um, I, I should totally do that. I should. I That'd really be awesome. gotta. I really gotta learn my camera more because I'm not very familiar with you know. Dude, I had a one ten camera. I had a Polaroid. That's what I grew up with. I don't even you know, know if they still make one ten cameras anymore. When I when I learned to shoot, it was with a thirty five millimeter. My sister uh, was in photography. Uh, Mr. Brunicant, he is now the principal of my old alma mater, Flowing Wells. Yeah. yeah. But he was the photography teacher then. And uh, my sister taught me how to shoot. And then I took his class. And it was just amazing. I loved it. But, like, digital baffles me. Mm. I, can't, I can't do it. Like, I can still load and rack and do a 35-millimeter camera, no problem. I could probably still develop it. I did it so much. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, these digital my wife has a digital one i buy her one like a new one every two years yeah that's i'm like look this is this better you know i sex please and then uh, you know i give her the camera <laughs> i don't even know what mine is like i don't i don't i don't remember that type of shit but let's see what, what is it uh, i'm not gonna do that right now hers is one of those it was a, a 400 cannon I remember the price of it. I don't remember the name of it, but it was a Canon. It was about <laughs> 400 price. bucks. Yeah, I remember the price of that fucking thing. I, I have a Canon. It's a, uh, and this is it is a digital. Um, uh, whatever EOS Rebel T3. Yeah, yeah, the Canon Rebels. Yeah, yeah that, yeah. that was a, that was a good all around durable model. Yeah, that's basically what I have, and I got it at a place where they sell like you shit. And I got two different size, uh, um, uh, what do you call um, lens retractor, yeah. whatever it is. Um, I wasn't that wasn't that the camera Andre Agassi like <laughs> advertised for? That is awesome. God, I forgot about if it, that dude. If it is, I, I my memory is not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> Okay. Put that back in there. All right. Um. So yeah, I, 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 I'm basically trying to find someone because I'm, I'm too. I either need to sit down and get the right YouTube videos, or find someone that can teach me. Like, because just reading that shit doesn't help me. I, I'm a hands-on learner, so. Yeah. I, I do eventually gonna plan on doing uh, nature pictures, and I, and I think it probably cool. be just be would be for my own enjoyment, not to Down sell. It. Take pictures uh -huh. of people taking pictures of stuff dude if you do that i will totally buy some <laughs> i kid you not i dude i would love to have that hanging in my office that 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 would go right next to my uh the new american wing at the metropolitan museum of art i can already tell you i would put that right there yeah, i'd have it like make a collage oh that would be fantastic yeah um so who who wants to go first oh i'll go first dude let okay. me uh let, let me get this darkness out of the way Get the darkness going. Yeah, so, um, so this is about the toolbox killers. So uh, I'm going to try and not say their first names because I don't think they deserve that too much, but I'll mention them the first time. It's uh, uh, Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. And uh, as I said before, they were killers, rapists. They kidnapped and tortured women, uh, five of them, 
in the SoCal area for five months in 1979. So this is just five months, five women. It's one girl a month. Uh, the nickname was earned due to the items that uh, they used to torture the girls that were hidden under the bed that they had built into the back of a panel van. Hmm. And uh, they actually worked this out that it was, you know, the best idea because they could ride right up alongside somebody and snatch them off the street and never be seen. Uh, the FBI agent who profiled the killers described uh, Bitteker and as the most disturbing individual he had ever created a profile for. So uh, this gentleman, Bitteker, he's born in 1940 in Pittsburgh. He was given up for adoption immediately, uh, adopted by the Bittekers. And, like, he was arrested young, age 12, I think, for shoplifting. Some crap like this. Some petty stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, dropped out of high school in uh, 57, but they had tested his IQ at over 138. And... Uh, he served time for car theft, uh, a hit and run, and evading the police. And then his, uh, <laughs> he, when he was in jail, his adoptive parents disowned him and moved across the fucking country. <laughs> Dude, that is such a moment of levity in this story. I found that so great. And I don't, and I don't care if you're one of those bleeding heart people who are going to be like, well, maybe that was the catalyst. No, maybe the parents just understood that something needed to be done. Yeah. And they didn't want to be around for this shit because they knew what he was like. Uh, Norris was a totally different kind of dude. Uh, he was born in 48, so, you know, eight years younger. Colorado. Uh, his parents just got married because uh, his mom got pregnant, really. Uh, dad worked at a scrapyard. Mom was a drug addict. Uh, he attempted to hit on... This is so weird. A family member, when he was 16, the family member was like 23, and she promptly ordered him out of the house. When he got back to his house, she had called his dad. Dad threatened to whoop his ass. So he stole his dad's car, drove up into the mountains in Colorado, and tried to kill himself by injecting an air embolism into his vein. Hmm. Yeah. This was a disturbed young man. So, uh... After that, his parents said, you know, we only got married because of you kids. They were going to get divorced. And this is so depressing. He joined the Navy. This bummed me out, man, in 65. Mm, the Navy. Yeah. In 69. What? Uh, I, I was going to make a joke. But Go ahead. I don't, I don't think. Uh, I forgot it now. All right, then fuck you. So in um, in 69, he went over to Vietnam, but he never saw any combat or anything, and he was uh, honorably discharged. Uh, Bitteker uh, arrest report was varied. Uh, you know, transporting a vehicle across state lines, robbing, car theft, like that kind of stuff. Also an assault attempt on uh, and a commit to murder. Yeah. And this was after a grocery store employee accused him of stealing, tried to murder the person in the grocery store. It's awesome. Well-rounded guy there. Yeah, yeah, just just uh, uh, slightly off. I, yeah, I mean, totally off kilter. Uh, Norris uh, was a bit different, though. He, uh, he did have uh, 
arrest for like assaulting and harassing women. But his things were all female oriented. Uh, attempted to force his way into a woman's home one time. Uh, he was also charged with a rape and assault uh, and an attempt to commit rape. He had uh, stalked a student on a college campus and he saw her in the quad one day and ran up and started smashing her in the head with a rock. And then when she went unconscious and fell to the ground, he started slamming her head against the concrete sidewalk. Damn. Guess how long he did in prison for that? I'm going to guess two years. Five. Wow. Released in 75 and just three months later, raped another woman. He served four years for that. Our judicial system. I mean, right there. Come on. Those are two people who are obviously in need of help. I mean, early signs point to it. Hell, in some states, judicial systems just as bad now. I know, I know. So, these two assholes uh, met in prison. They were both confined to the same uh, 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 San Luis Abismo, I think, uh, prison. And... uh, Bitteker saved Norris a couple times from getting his ass whooped. And then they became friendly and started having fantasies about uh, abducting and raping women. And uh, Bitteker said if they ever did it, he'd just kill them so they couldn't identify him. Hmm. Friend- friendly and fantasies in prison isn't really... Uh, it's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... So, uh, Bitteker was released. He ended up uh, moving out or uh, moving in with his mom. He got a, actually a pretty good job, actually. Uh, I think it was an electrician. Yeah. And uh, Norris then got out and moved into a hotel. And uh, the two got in contact and met up. And they bought a, a silver 1977 GMC cargo van. In February of 79. So look at the escalation here. Yeah. February of 79 is where we start. The vehicle had no windows besides the large passenger door. Bitteker and Norris would uh, nickname the van Murder Mac. Neat. Yeah. So from February to June of 79, they perfected their technique. They would pick up and drop off female hitchhikers. They didn't assault them. They didn't do anything. These were all practice runs, building up to when they actually would do it. And they even, like, scouted out the area where they were going to take the girls into the uh, San Gabriel Mountains on a a fire road. Like, they had checked it out beforehand. So, uh, their first victim was a 16-year-old girl, Lucinda Schaefer, uh, June 24, 79. Uh, She was leaving church... And uh, they tried to entice her into the van, uh, weed and shit like that. She said no. And uh, after that, they just kind of pulled up on her. And uh, they used a ruse. <clears throat> Sorry that they were repeating uh, subsequent uh, abductions, but they would just kind of pull over and camp by the side of the road and act like they were doing something and just snatch them right from the street. And... Uh, they drove her up to the San Gabriel Mountains. They uh, raped and tortured this poor girl for uh, for a day. They actually argued about killing her. Bedeker wanted to. Norris didn't. And But in the end, Norris attempted to manually strangle her. Strangle her. After uh, 
about 45 seconds. He became disturbed by the look in her eye and ran to the front of the van and vomited. Bitteker then manually strangled Schaefer until she collapsed to the ground and began convulsing. He then twisted a wire coat hanger around her neck with a vice grip pliers that he kept under the bed in the van until the convulsion ceased. Damn. The girl had actually asked for a prayer before dying, and they didn't allow it. Uh, so on uh, July 8th, 1979, Andrea Hall, uh, she was hitchhiking along the Pacific Coast Highway. They slowed down, offered her a lift, another vehicle pulled over and offered Hall exactly that, and she accepted it from them. And then they followed that vehicle and waited till they dropped her off and then staked out a spot ahead of her to snatch her. So they drove back to the spot in the San Gabriel Mountains after they did the same exact thing, the way they snatched her. Um, uh, she was raped twice by Bitteker, once by Norris. Uh, while Bitteker was raping her for the second time, Norris saw what he believed to be a vehicle, so they had to take off. And um, the, the two were uh, taking Polaroids the whole time and uh, even uh, during the time when they killed her. <clears throat> Uh, Bitteker informed Norris, or uh, Norris had went for a walk after uh, they thought they had seen the car. Sorry, I messed that part up. And uh, when he got back, he informed Norris that uh, he had told Holly he was going to kill her and challenged her to give him as many reasons as she could come up with as to why she'd be allowed to live before thrusting an ice pick through her ear into her brain. Ow. He then turned the body over and thrust the ice pick into her other ear, stomping on it until the handle broke. Bitterker then strangled uh, before throwing the body off a cliff. Damn, these—I mean, these Dude, this guys is, know what they're doing, and they're—they're. They're, this, this has been worked out and coordinated and practiced. This is not, you know, crimes of passion. Yeah. This is premeditated madness. This is a broken mind at work. Um, on September 3rd, unfortunately, it was two young ladies, um, Jackie Doris Gillum and Jacqueline Lee Lamp. Uh, they were also hitchhiking, uh, accepted a ride, hopped in. They were offered uh, marijuana. They accepted that. Um, but after a little while, they realized they were that what was happening, that they, you know, this, this doesn't feel right. So uh, the girls protested. And they, uh, they tried to, you know, excuse it. But the 13-year-old 13, 13 girl, uh, Jacqueline Lamp, um, attempted to open the sliding door. And Norris hit her in the back of the head with a bag filled with lead weights. Mm. And she was knocked unconscious. Uh, they overpowered Jackie Gilliam. Uh, and as he began to bind a guy, Gilliam Lamp regained consciousness again. And attempted to flee the van, whereupon Norris twisted her arm behind her back, dragged her back into the van, and the struggle ensued. Bitteker, noting the girl's struggle, finally came back and uh, punched her in the face and knocked her out. So they drove him out to the San Gabriel Mountains, and uh, they held him captive for two days. Uh, they did uh, just horrendous things, horrendous things with uh, pliers. Uh, pulling off body parts, if you can imagine. 
yeah. uh, stabbing with an ice pick throughout the body and just keeping them alive throughout this. This is this is just pure torture. Uh, they ended up strangling them and then uh, <clears throat> thrown over an embankment. Shirley Ledford was the final victim. Uh, she accepted an offer uh, for a lift home. And they ended up doing the same thing, binding her, gagging her, and taking her up there. Uh, they were slapping her, mocking her, and this is the one that really did it. They recorded this. They recorded, uh, if I remember correctly, 20, uh, I think it was 25 hours of torture Damn. of this poor girl. Um, at one point, she uh, started screaming. And uh, Norris grabbed a sledgehammer and struck her in the elbow, the left elbow specifically. And he raised it again. And she can be heard on the tape screaming, please don't hit me again. And screaming no. And Ledford hit her 25 consecutive times in the elbow with a sledgehammer. And then dropped it and said, what are you sniveling about? Damn. These guys. These guys. I mean, this. This, yeah. if you think about all of these famous murderers and these bar, not well, yeah, sure, famous murderers and everything, and you know, there's a lot of dudes out there that have done really cruel shit. These dudes are another really, dude. dude it isn't. That's why I told. That's why I told you, like that. Like I've researched a lot of this crap. None of it really bothers me. I'm kind of whitewashed to it. I grew up in that generation. But this really disturbed me. Once I got, uh, once you brought up about the van and the toolbox, that just yeah, man. That right away, and I, I, I believe I've heard about them a while back, a long time ago, and I, the time frame, you remember during the eighties, and I wonder if it was because of these two guys. When the whole don't take, uh, you know, if a van comes up and offers, I wouldn't doubt it, man. Yeah, I wouldn't came doubt from it. From these two dudes, yeah. you know, the whole van with free candy, that you know, joke that people do and everything. That you know, there's a lot of memes out, but <clears throat> in the dark mm. reality, I think it came from these two dudes. I'm, it's, you know, don't horrible, quote man. me on it. No, no, no. this is a. Um, Roy Norris describing his recollections of the audio tape they created of uh, Shirley Bedford. We've all heard women scream in horror films still. We know that no one is really screaming. Why? Simply because an actress can't produce some sounds that convince us that something vile and heinous is happening. If you ever heard that tape, there's just no possible way that you'd not begin crying and trembling. Yeah. I doubt you could listen to more than a full 60 seconds of it. So... They ended up dumping this poor girl's body on somebody's random lawn after doing this to her. And I'm sorry, I was wrong about the 24 hours. It was actually they tortured her for two two hours. They did all this to her in two hours. So um, these two fuckheads uh, are stupid and brag to friends about what they did, and end up getting caught. Mm. And in their possession are Polaroids. And the audio tape, drugs, everything they really needed to get them convicted. A search of Bittaker's apartment revealed several Polaroid photographs, which were determined as depicting Andrea Joy Hall and Jackie Gillum, both of whom had been reported missing earlier the same year. 
Inside the van, they had the sledgehammer, a plastic bag filled with lead weights, a book detailing how to locate police radio frequencies, a jar of Vaseline, two necklaces, later confirmed it belonged to the two victims, and a tape recording of a young woman in obvious distress, screaming and pleading for mercy. Damn. Yeah, these guys are just very sick. Yeah, so um, Norris Flip on Bideker, uh to save his ass from the death penalty. Uh, and it, to not be given life in prison. Like, he actually was up for parole. Mm-hmm. Has been up for parole several times. Uh, they actually took him on a search of the San Gabriel Mountains. Actually, Norris did. And um, they did find the skeletonized bodies of Jacqueline Lee Lamp and Jackie Doris Gillum. Uh, they were found at the bottom of a canyon along a dry riverbed. Bodies were scattered over an area measuring hundreds of feet in diameter, and an ice pick was still lodged in the skull of Jackie Gilliam. The skull of Jackie Lay Lamps bore multiple indentations, evidence of numerous hammer blows Norris had stated he inflicted. So, Bittaker got the death penalty. His piece of shit ass is still in jail. Damn. Norris got light. Yep, still, still. Norris got life, possibility of parole, still in jail. Why? I, you know why are these guys still in jail? I don't understand. What like, what, what's is the whole, wrong? What is the whole process for that? I am just dude. This this has blown my mind so bad, and up. Like I'm not a big capital punishment guy, but on well, that's not true. I think some things you just you. It's that Kurt Russell line in The Hateful Eight. Some mean bastards just need to be hanged. Yeah. And that is, I'm sorry, that's just truth. There are some very evil people out there. This, This is just a burden on the tax system for what they did. They don't deserve it. And who are you to say what they deserve? Oh, dude, I'm me. I'm a guy who could have been a father of a teenage girl who they abducted. That's who the fuck I am. You know what? I may not have been in that situation, but I can have empathy for it because I'm a human and I have that ability and I can empathize what it would be like to lose a child like that. Yeah, this this uh... broken, dude, broken, broken system. You know, and if you think about it um, and not to compare as if who's worse, but compare in a time frame. Is the which which one was it? Those are the the death penalty. Bitteker. Uh, Bitteker. Okay. Yeah. Um, he. I'm trying to think. Uh, that was he's had more life. That was he's in, had more life in jail than he has out of jail. Yeah, his the, 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 these murders happened in nineteen seventy nine. Okay, seventy nine. Yeah. Okay, and. Bitteker is still is now two thousand nineteen. Forty years. Yep. Forty years. Um and and remember, he was born in forty, so he was thirty nine when this when he got arrested. So he has literally been in jail half his life, prison half his life, and we've been supporting that. And he still hasn't been put to death. But if you look oh. at the. Uh, if you look at Ted Bundy in the time frame, 
His murders occurred between 1974 and 1978. And he, uh, what was he, uh, um, he was put to death in, what was it, 1989. Yeah. And, Different state, though. That was Florida. Florida's big on the death penalty. Yeah. And it's just... Close That's the mind, thing. It's, it's different states, man. That's why, you know, states right to govern and everything. But that, man, there needs to be, you know, I don't and I don't want to make that a government thing. I hate government getting involved in crap. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. But there has got to be some things we as all of society agree on and that that is fucking wrong. Yeah. And that person doesn't like I don't care what compassion you have for what kind of upbringing he had. Because and I always find it funny, too, that. A lot of times the most compassionate people had the cushiest damn upbringings. That's why they can console you and say, oh, I know how hard it is. Because if they're slightly inconvenienced, they think they know how hard it is. I mean, if you look at the details, I mean, just just the history of these guys. And then look Dude. at the details of the criminals and just their 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 mastermind of it. Just this, if you, Dude, those details, the, these the, guys The amount of preparation change. and yeah. hate that went into this. You ain't going like, to change them. No, and realize, yeah. and what, they've been together for four years talking about this in prison, fantasizing about it, hmm. you know, I mean, Jesus, criminy. And the, the one guy, you know, bashing the girl's head in with a rock and slamming her, really, five years, and then you rape another person and only do four? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yeah, there, there's no, chink these guys, you know changing for the better that you these Dude, guys that, have gone too far that was that was a complete failure i will say this is that was a complete failure of the american justice system yeah especially with norris especially with him they they man you really fucked the cactus on that one yeah yep but I am so glad I have purged that from my system. I don't have to think about that again. Next week, I promise I will do something light and funny and airy, and it will be like cotton candy for the heart and soul, baby. There we go. Okay. Um, uh, sh- shall I go into um, my Bonnie Clyde? Absolutely, positively. Hit me with it. Oh, oh, oh okily dokily. Um <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was good. Yeah. That was really, really good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> okay. Let me let me get this. Uh... Okay. All right. Breathe. Background. Let's get on the background here of Bonnie Clyde. Um, they met in Texas around January 1930. Uh, the time Bonnie was 19 and married to an imprisoned murderer. Mm. Uh, Clyde was 21. He was unmarried. Uh, he was um, he he was uh, arrested for burglary. He was sent to jail. He you know he ended up escaping using a gun Bonnie had smuggled him, uh, and was recaptured and was sent back to prison. And then Clyde was paroled around 19 February 1932. Uh, at that point, he rejoined Bonnie, and they resumed they uh, resumed a life of crime. Um, in addition to the automobile theft, Bonnie and Clyde were suspects in other crimes. Um, at, the, at the time they were killed in 1934, they were believed to have committed 13 murders and several robberies and burglaries. Um, now, uh, what is the... Uh, 
uh, Clyde, his uh, last name is Bur Barrow, um, it was suspected of murdering two police officers at a jo in uh, Joplin, Missouri, and kidnapping a man and a woman in uh, rural Louisiana. Uh, he released them in uh, Waldo, Texas. Uh, there's numerous sightings followed. There was linking a pair with uh, bank robberies and some, you know, more automobile thefts. Uh, Clyde allegedly murdered a man in Hillsborough, Texas. Uh, committed robberies at a, uh, um, at a Luff, uh, Lufkin and Dallas, Texas. Let's see, they uh, they murdered a sheriff and wounded another in Stringtown, Oklahoma. They kidnapped a deputy at uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico. Uh, they stole an automobile at Victoria, Texas, and attempted to murder a deputy at Wharton, Texas. Uh, they committed murder and robbery at uh, Abilene and Sherman, Texas. They committed murder at Dallas, Texas. They abducted a sheriff and the chief of police in Wellington, Texas. Committed murder at Joplin in Columbia, Missouri. So, I mean, the, the, these, aren't, uh, the, these ain't people that, you know, you, you want to, you know, fantasize Drink, about. Bitch. Yeah. They ain't no... They ain't no uh, uh, 1930s Robin Hoods. They, they, that's not what they are. Now, um, <clears throat> let's see here. I mean, these are cold stone killers. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, they met while well, he was imprisoned, and she was, her Her husband was in prison. And, oh, yeah, that's a solid meeting right there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's... Start start off was uh yeah it's uh it's, it's not gonna go. <laughs> Wasn't there a show it. about that? Wasn't there like a TV show about that, like Love Behind Bars or some shit like that? I I think there was. Yeah, I remember it because there was an episode with a with a little person in it, and I was like, no shit, <laughs> and so I got engrossed immediately because you know Your little people. Yeah, I love that, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good. And I think. It, <laughs> You know, I think Ted Bundy might have been on that too, because that's his, you know, his daughter. He got was, married. Yeah. yeah, he got married in uh, in court there. Yeah, and uh, she, they weren't. It wasn't supposed to happen, but you know, obviously he talked someone or paid someone to have a little, you know, little fun, fun time with his wife to, you know, bear their daughter and all. So it's uh, yeah. There's there's um, even websites. It's disturbing. <laughs> Um, uh, 1932, Bonnie and Clyde were traveling with, uh, Raymond Hamilton. He was a young gunman, uh, he was a young gunman. Um, he had left them several months later and was replaced with a gentleman named William Daniel Jones around, uh, November that same year in 32. <coughs> Damn. Now, uh, Ivan, Ivan Buck Barrow, his brother Clyde was released from Texas State Prison around March 20 of 1933 having been granted a full pardon by the governor he quickly joined clyde bringing his wife blanche so the group now you know they, they've numbered five persons the gang embarked on a series of bold robberies and made headlines across the country uh, and escaped capture various encounters with the law um, um their activities made law enforcement efforts to apprehend them e even more more intense uh, during a shootout with the police in Iowa in July of 33, Buck Barrow was uh, uh, fatally wounded and Blanche was captured. And like I said, Buck Barrow, that's Clyde's brother and his wife Blanche. 
um, Jones, who is uh, frequently mistaken for Pretty Boy Floyd, which that reference comes from, what movie was that? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? No, he was a real guy. Floyd. Well, no, the reference, though. I just I thought of that. I just, oh. I thought of that dude from uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, that movie. Okay. Anyways, um, Jones, like I said, uh, he was... Uh, um, He's the one that joined the the couple before the uh, the other couple that got captured. Um, he was captured November thirty three in Houston, Texas, by a sheriff. Um, in April of thirty four, Bonnie and Clyde encountered two highway patrolmen near Grapevine, Texas. Uh, before the officers could drew, um, they were shot down. See, on and a couple days later. A Constantinople in Miami, Oklahoma, fell mortally wounded by Bonnie and Clyde, who also abducted a police chief at the time whom they wounded. Um, the FBI jurisdiction solely on the charge of transporting a stolen automobile. Um, that was their, you know, that that's how they started to get into it because of that. But their activities with the Bureau, you know, they vigorously increased as the crime springs increased. Um see here uh one notices were put out uh, furnishing fingerprints photographs descriptions criminal records and other data they were distributed throughout the offices around you know the states and and around the mountain bureau the mm -hmm. uh, the agents followed trail through many states and into various ha uh, haunts of the borough gang particularly in louisiana um this so that was later in the investigation wasn't it I... like the louisiana part was much later yeah, I believe that was like the maybe the last year, maybe the last year and a half, I believe. Okay, okay. Um, now, the association with, with Henry uh, Bethvin and the Bethvin family of Louisiana, which I probably mispronounced, I don't care, um, was discovered <clears throat> by FBI agents, and they found that Bonnie and Clyde had been driving a car stolen in New Orleans. On April of 13th in 1934, an FBI agent went through investigation on the vicinity of uh, Roostum, Louisiana, obtaining information, which uh, it, it definitely placed the couple in a remote section southwest of the community. Um, now, the home of the Bethvins were not far away, and the agent learned of a visit that um, visits there from Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, so two special agents uh, in Texas had learned that Clyde and his companions had been traveling from Texas to Louisiana. Uh, sometimes accompanied the Henry Methvin. So uh, they, the FBI, and local uh, enforcement authorities in Louisiana, Texas, concentrating on apprehending Bonnie and Clyde, uh, who they believed to be in that specific area. Um, now, it was it was learned that Bonnie and Clyde, with some of the Methvins, had staged a party at Black Lake, Louisiana, on the night of uh, May 21st of 1934, and were due to return the area, area two days later. Now, before dawn on March, May 23, 1934, a posse posted police officers from Louisiana and Texas, including uh, Texas Rangers Frank Hammer and, you know, and uh, um, his... Manny Galt. Yeah, Manny Galt. Manny, Manny Galt. They uh, concealed themselves in bushes along a, uh, a highway near uh, Celis, Louisiana. Yep. And the early daylight, Bonnie and Clyde appeared in an automobile, and they, when attempted to drive away, the officers opened fire. Bonnie and Clyde were killed instantly. Um, I'll get a little bit more detail on that in a minute. Um, 
Please do. Um, let's see. I'm gonna quickly go over here on these uh, two gentlemen, which you'll see in that movie Highwaymen. Um, Frank Hammer is uh, also uh, his nickname there, Poncho. He is uh, portrayed by uh, 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 Kevin Costner. And yep. Ben uh, Manny Galt is portrayed by uh, Woody Harrelson. Now, yep. Frank Hammer, um, this uh, Texas Ranger, at this time during the uh, during the start of this whole Bonnie and Clyde thing, the Texas Rangers had been disbanded. Okay, um, by by the governor, Governor of Texas. Now, Frank Hammer, he was born in March of 1884 in Fairview, Texas. He was adept at ranching and farming at an early age. Um, now, he, after finishing school in, I believe it was sixth grade, he began spending more time on his own in the wilderness. And his immersion into the nature, the, the natural world, left a permanent imprint on Hammer. And he took comparing people to animals, such as uh, a criminals, a coyote, as they're always looking over his shoulder. Uh, a murderer would be like a cold-blooded rattlesnake. Um, now, Hammer personally likened himself to an antelope, the most curious of all animals. Um, which I don't really know any detail in that, but that's just, you know, a quote that he put. Um, hey, if you see a trail, you got to follow it, right? Yeah. The cur- most curious. There you go. Now, uh, strong, quick thinking, and an expert marksman, Hammer was a natural fit for the Texas Rangers. He joined the state agency in uh, 1906. Now, he served on and off for the next quarter century with uh, side ventures, um, taking him to other law enforcement posts around Texas. One gig uh, as a as a marshal in uh, Nova Stoa led to his first marriage and a acquisition of his famous Colt forty five named Old Lucky. Uh, during another job as a range detective for the uh, Texas and Southwestern Cattle Racers Association, Hammer inserted himself into a blood feud between two prominent families that resulted in a very close brush with death when he was shot up point blank range by his bride's ex brother in law. Uh, uh, by 1921 he was back with the rangers for a a good for good as a senior captain and operating out of austin his reputation as a man of strong morals became widely known in the late 1920s when he challenged the texas bankers association uh, for a bounty system that encouraged the killing of bank robbers he also earned uh Renowned for defend, he also earned renown for his defending African American suspects from lynch mobs. Through his efforts, weren't enough to ward off. Uh, uh, hold on, ward off the. Uh, uh, Jesus. Yeah, sorry, a little gas. Ward off an incident in May 1930 when an angry crowd in Sherman burned a courthouse to the ground to get a uh, uh, African American rape suspect. Um, in early '33, he was uh, re-elected governor, um, or re-elected by Governor May Ferguson, overhauling the organization. Um, and now he was no longer an active active uh, ranger, but he did have his, uh, I think, what was it? Uh, commission was still active. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this dude had he had good morals. He was a hard dude. He he knew. He lived. He lived hard. But he had a good set of morals. He had a good, uh, uh, I mean. He had a great moral compass, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like, he knew right from wrong, and he was going to, yeah, absolutely. His ethos, his ethos were strong, and it was in a good direction. Now, um, Benny Manny Galt, uh, he was born in uh, June of 1986. I'm sorry, wrong. 
Wrong decade. <laughs> wrong country. Wrong century. <clears throat> yeah. He was <laughs> graduated FSU with a degree in criminology. Yeah. Uh, he uh <laughs> let me let me start over there. Uh uh Ben Manny Galt or Manny Galt. He was born in June of eighteen eighty six in Travis County, Texas. He began his career at a furniture manufacturing plant in Austin, where, you know, as, as a neighbor of Hammers, he uh, became involved in undercover moonshine investigations until, a fish, until officially joining the Rangers in 1929. Um, Galt uh, was similar in, his, in, in many ways to Hammer, as he was quiet, honest, and reliable, and while not as imposing presence, was capable of handling himself in tough situations. As such, he took uh, an immense liking to one, an one another, bonding over hunting and poker games and such. Uh, now, on, in the infamous day, the morning of uh, May 23rd, 1934, Bonnie mm -hmm. and Clyde, they, they, they were expected to return to the, the Melvin home. Uh, Ivy was instructed to park his truck on the, on the main road in town and or made road into town and pretend like he was changing a tire. Yeah. Uh, at a time around 9 uh, 15 a.m., Bonnie and Clyde thundered down the road in their Ford V8 and slowed to help. Hammer had hoped to take them alive, but the plan evaporated when a lodging truck had appeared and the confusion causing one of the deputies to open fire. With Bonnie and Clyde reaching for their weapons, the floodgates opened and the law lawmen decisively ended the battle, pumping about 167 bullets and buckshot at the car's passengers. Dude, that BAR was awesome in that, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. When they were showing that, that no, that what was it the no fishing or no swimming sign? Da, 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 da. You got one of those for me? <laughs> like, hell yes, I do. Thirty round banana clip magazine, yes sir. <laughs> Times two, shipmate. <laughs> hey, that this that was a pretty good scene. I mean, you got two old salts and. I mean, I will get to that in a little bit. Um, so basically, I mean, what happened is they, these these law enforcement deputies and the rangers, they all hit like a, some brush, whatever, conceal themselves on the side of the road. While they had one of the Melvins, this truck, uh, one of the millions, the father, I guess it was, he uh, take his truck, take you know, pulled off the side of the road, take the tire off, and basically his job was to, you know, act as a deterrent while, you know, they commenced the arrest, but, you know, as, as I just mentioned, another vehicle spooked one of the detectives, fired first, and, you know, the two suspects tried to fire back, and next thing you know, just a big barrage of bullets and buckshot. Um... Damn, that's, that's a lot. 167 bullets and buckshot. That, not, uh, yeah, that's a decent amount. That, I mean, that seem like a lot, but... Yeah, but, I mean, think of the Tommy guns, though. I mean, really, how how much does a drum on a Tommy gun hold? Yeah, I'm trying to think. But even then, you had multiple people were involved. I think and, was... and they shed buckshot, too. I mean, that's a lot of little holes, too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Or, no, I'm thinking of birdshot. <laughs> yeah. Never um, mind. Let's see here. Now the high, this uh, this highly public, uh, publicized shootout brought Hammer um, all sort of widespread attention. He that he just absolutely despised. 
Um, he, he wouldn't attend any of the proposed Hammer Gulch. He wrote the, or he he didn't oppose, uh, attend the proposed Hammer and Gulch Hero Day in Austin, Texas. And he also turned down other media offers to share his story of the whole Bonnie and Clyde investigation with public. Um, now, Gold, he also, he, he proved equally tight-lipped on the subject. Now, uh, Gold, he uh, served out the remainder of his years as a captain of the Army, or the Rangers Company C Division with uh, uh, one profile in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal describing his as a uh, taciturn as a turtle in a drought, which I don't know the whole that means. Anyways. Are you going to die? I, I don't know. Uh, he died <laughs> in relatively anonymy, uh, uh, December, anonymity. Yeah, and then it had to be in December 1947. <laughs> Pretty much, he just kind of like disappeared and you know just, went away. Yeah. Now Hammer, um, he enjoyed a lucrative post uh, Ranger career as head of private security company. Uh, he emerged for one final legendary lawman moment in 1948 when he accompanied Texas Senate. Um, uh, Texas Senate hopeful Coke Stevenson in the town of Alice to investigate uh, suspicions of voter fraud by Lyndon B. Johnson's operatives. Uh, That's though, cool. Though LBJ would eventually win the seat, Hammer died in his sleep after suffering a heart attack around July 10 in 1955. The beginning of the Clintons. Oh. Now, here's some, here's some interesting uh, tidbits that uh, most people will get wrong. Uh, one, yeah, Bonnie died during a red ring, but it wasn't Clyde's. Obviously, like I mentioned, uh, um, six days before turning 16, Bonnie married a high school classmate, Roy, excuse me, Roy Thor, I hate ours. I had such a hard time as a kid. Anyways, he she married a, a, a high school sweetheart, Roy Thornton. Um, the marriage dis disintegrated within months, and she never saw her husband after, you know, Oh yeah, she. Wow. Did did I just like screw up this whole typing thing? I see what I did. Okay, the marriage disintegrated within months, and Bonnie never again saw her husband after he was in prison for robbery in 1929. Um, soon after, Bonnie and Clyde and uh, and uh, um, soon after met Bonnie. Uh, soon after Bonnie met Clyde, and although the pair fell in love, she never divorced Thornton. On the day Bonnie and Clyde were killed in 1934, she was still wearing Thornton's wedding ring and had a tattoo on the side of her right thigh with the two interconnected hearts labeled Bonnie and Roy. Hey, that's a, see, that, that's the thing that I didn't know. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like I mentioned on the very uh, first uh, uh, part of the background, which uh, I believe what it was is they went once they their their marriage just kind of went south they went on their separate ways and she would visit him in prison but once her and Clyde clicked she never saw him again uh, now another thing uh, Bonnie wrote poetry uh, one of them would be someday they'll go down together they'll bury them side by side to a few it'll be grief to the law a relief but it's death for Bonnie and Clyde um, now, during her school days, Bonnie excelled at creative writing and, and pinning verses. She was in prison in 32 after a failed hardware store burglary. Where she, that's where she penned a collection of 10 odes that she entitled 
Poetry for Life's Other Side, which included oh, a Jesus. story of Suicide Sal, a poem about an innocent country girl lured by her boyfriend into a life of crime. Uh, two weeks before her death, Bonnie gave a um, uh, gave a poem to her mother entitled The Trail's End, and it finished with the verse that I had just read. Um, another thing, Clyde, he was a Navy reject. Uh, he, as a teenager, he, uh, Clyde attempted to enlist in the Navy, but lingering effects from a, a serious boyhood, a boyhood illness, uh, possibly malaria or yellow fever resulted in his, his medical rejection. Uh, it was a pretty hard blow for him and cause he already had the, uh, on his left arm USN tattooed. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Clyde's first arrest came from... Okay, but in the movie, when you watch Highway Man, uh, it said that his first arrest came from a chicken. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah. that was a slight spoiler. It, it ain't going to spoil nothing. Anyways, no, but um, great speech afterwards. Yes. Uh, Dude, that, that Kevin Costner speech, I was... Ri- literally, I was riveted last night. I was like... Yeah. Oh, this is so good. And I even rewound it when I was watching it. I was like, I got to watch that speech again. Yeah, that, that It was, was so good. Was so on point. Pretty, pretty intense. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah. His first arrest actually came from failing to return a rental car. They had rental cars then? Yeah. Goddamn Enterprise. Way to go. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what they would have been called, but yeah, they they had them. I mean, I I didn't know that, <laughs> but uh, Man, me either. Yeah, um, and it's <laughs> first the, the arrest was in 1926, um, and he was charged for theft, um, and, and and the reason he didn't do return it was because, uh, uh, well, he he visited an estranged high school girlfriend. Uh, now the rental agency they dropped it. They, they you know they ended up dropping the charges, uh, but the incident still remained on his record. And three weeks later, he was arrested again, alongside with his older brother, uh, Buck, for an even more you know <sighs> farcical crime or whatever. Basically, possession of a truckload of stolen turkeys. <laughs> I mean. I, I, I wish I, if I could go back in time and just I, I want to know the story behind that because you know you and I would do it it'd be something that'd be funny stupid but funny you know yeah yeah okay um <laughs> now it, another th- another thing here is their bank robberies were not their specialties uh, now they're often depicted as a depression era Robin Hoods who stole from the rich and powerful uh, financial institutions, but they actually staged formal robberies on mom and pop gas stations and grocery stores than bank heist. And yep. a majority of the time, the loot amounted to only five or ten dollars. See, I mean, that's really yeah. That's that's just ridiculous. They, they weren't good at bank robberies at all. <laughs> but, uh, Clyde, uh, that's, I mean, yeah. five, ten bucks? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> well, think about it. Five or ten bucks is like what? Maybe like 
I'm gonna guess 50, 60 bucks today. Which I, is I nothing. Know. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. You can't survive a couple days on that. Well, back then, no, you could. Well, yeah, well, maybe, yeah, yeah. Well, even even now you can, but. Okay. I got so much gas today. I'm guessing because you're gassy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many people are playing the drinking game. I am. I'm hammered. <laughs> I ain't okay. gonna lie. Well, then I, I I got one coming up here. Hang on. You didn't hear it, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, it smells. That's that's for sure. Um, another little tidbit. Clyde chopped off two his two of his toes in prison. What? Yeah, I didn't know that. I did. It's kind of weird. Well, it's, it's well. Here's the thing. He while serving a 14 year sentence in Texas for robbery and automobile theft, um, in January of 32, he decided he could no longer endure the forgiving work and brutal conditions at the notoriously tough uh, Eastern Prison Farm. Which th this is basically you're doing like manual labor. You're not in a jail cell or whatever. You're doing manual labor. They they had the, you know, chain gangs, I, I believe it was. the that, that I mean, it's not exactly. At the time, they had the chain gangs, but they also had, you know, where they were loose and, they you know, they would work. Kind of like uh, um, our, our favorite movie, um, uh, Cool Hand Luke. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, when they go out there and, you know, you're doing labor for the state or whatnot. And it's, that's, oh, yeah, you, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what these like little farms, that's what they would call it, you know, cutting trees down. Work, work camps. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's um, it was fucking work camp. He got tired of the conditions. So, um, and the, in hopes of, of uh, forcing a transfer to kind of a less harsh facility, he severed off his big toe and a portion of his second toe with an axe. Now, although it is not known whether he or other pr uh, another prisoner welded the sharp instrument, the self-mutilation which permanently crippled his walking stride prevented him from wearing shoes while driving. What? Yeah. So he had a problem with his feet too? So yeah. Bonnie had a problem with his, her foot. <laughs> well, he had a problem with his foot. Um, I'm going to get a matter of fact, this next one here is about her accident. Um, oh, she, oh, okay. A car accident. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Totally fine. Um, that's why I had this one right here next. Uh, car accident is what impaired Bonnie's walking. It was the night of June of 1933. Uh, Clyde and Bonnie were in a. Uh, or Clyde with Bonnie, who was in the passenger seat. They were speeding along a, a rural road in the North Texas uh, so quickly that he missed a detour sign warning of a bridge under construction. The duo's Ford V8 smashed through a barricade around 70 miles an hour and sailed through the air, landing in a dry riverbed. Uh, now scalding acid poured out uh, out of the smashed car battery and severely burned uh, Bonnie's right leg, eating away at her flesh down to the bone in some places. So, yeah. so as a result of the third degree burns, Bonnie, like Clyde, walked away with a, um, a pronounced lip for the rest of her life. Yep. Which, yep. you know, like another they, year. They, and, and they portray that in the movie very well. Yes. Um, now, uh, 
she 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 did a lot of not only did she have difficulty walking but she also hopped and she needed Clyde to help you know carry her or you know support her quite often mm-hmm. um let's see here this is this is kind of disturbing. You you will see this on the movie. Um, souvenir hunters tried to cut off parts of Bonnie and Clyde at the death or at the scene. Yeah, and it's like a mob. People are so frantically in love with the whole story, they wanted not just like a piece of them or a picture or a piece of the car that was riddled up. No, they wanted like uh, body parts, a chunk of them. Yeah. I mean, people were modeling themselves after the, you know, dyeing their hair, dressing the same. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They were celebrities. Um, May 23rd, 1934, a six-man posse led by, you know, obviously Frank Hammer or whatever. Okay, let me get past that part we've already explained. Um, with uh, with gun smoke still lingering in the air, Gawkers descended on the ambush site and attempted to leave with uh, macabre souvenirs from the bodies of the outlaws that still slumped in the front seat. Now, according to Jeff Gunn's book, Go Down Together, one mind tried to cut off Clyde's ear with a pocket knife, and then another attempted to... Uh, there we go. Another attempted to sever his trigger finger before the lawman intervened. Jesus. Uh, another person in, uh, uh, managed to... Uh, Clip locks of Bonnie's hair and swallows of her uh, blood-soaked dress. Oh my God, man! Ye- Dude, that is total mob mentality. Oh yeah, I mean it, that is frightening. It, it, disgusting. I mean it, it's. Ima- imagine that now. Imagine people pulling at Ted Bundy. Oh oh yeah. Give me a piece of. You. Let me just lick your sweat. Oh my dude, so many people love oh. Ted Bundy. Though. That's a thing. Just I know it's weird, him. and it, it, he had a fan base, and it was, and a good portion were women too. I mean, he was smart, and he was a, he was smart, he was good looking, and he was a well talker, very well. Uh, oh yeah, he was a he was a smooth criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was educated. Smooth, I mean, he was a well. I like how you went smooth criminal, and I said articulate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But you're right, yeah. I mean, he and he was educated. I mean, he he wasn't your eight or typical. I shouldn't say atypical. He was the atypical serial killer mm-hmm. at that time that we knew about. But then you know you look at like BTK and all them who operated for years and Gacy with a family and mm-hmm. you know all this shit. And you realize so many of them are like that that it's not atypical. It's actually pretty typical for them to lead shadow lives. Yeah, uh, matter of fact. Uh... Two uh, two individuals that actually really helped the FBI um, with their whole coming up with the whole uh, what do you call it? Um, Ted Bundy was one, and so was what was that big old dude? Um, that genius. Uh, oh God, was like was Which it one? Ed or wait, what was his name? The TV show. I don't know. Remember you remember the TV show that was it Mine Hunters or something? Mindhunters? That was a movie. No, 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 no. It was a a small miniseries. Help me out here. These FBI guys, they're trying to come up with like a behavioral thing or whatever it is. And Dude, are you talking about the one with Christian Slater and Val Kilmer? No, no. This came out recently. It was last year. It was oh, no. I, it was oh, yes. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, with yeah. the profiling. Oh, okay, there's an actual movie called Mindhunters. Okay. 
No, skip my hunters for a minute. Which what I just watched character? the other day. What was the <laughs> so not the character, but what was that killer's name? Ed Kemper. Ed, Ed Kemper. Kemper. Ed Kemper. Okay. Ted Bunny and Ed Kemper were like two very, you know, those two guys, they really helped a bunch with that whole program. Like willingly gave them and uh it's oh, yeah. it's, it's kind of incredible cuz just how screwed up these two people were. But you got to wonder how truthful Kemper was being. That's why I like how the show kind of plays that, like how manipulative he is. Yeah. And just how good he is at manipulating to where he even manipulates the FBI agent. Mm-hmm. Like he's that good. Yeah. It, it's amazing. That's an amazing show. I mean, he was a genius. Yeah. Well, in manipu- in a sense, in manipulation. No, I mean, his IQ is pretty, is pretty high. See, but... See, but just because you can do quantum physics and you can't tie your shoes, does that make you a genius? Well, see, I see geniuses as more of a well-rounded kind of phrase to use. Yeah, it's a person who is intellectually smart, but also has the capacity for wit and humor and other, th- you know, things like that. Okay, I you know, I, I I I see genius as a more well-rounded phrase as opposed to like intellectual kind of used to okay so you're saying like used too much it's yeah 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 oh yeah i think it's well overused oh he was a genius okay 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 you know what i mean yeah yeah there are geniuses and i agree with that but i think of genius as a more well-rounded person and as an intellectual as a more person who's geared towards books and logic and you know they're cut off emotionally yeah yeah that that seems a, a better descriptor to me i'm sorry yeah no, actually, that sounds better. I, I like that. I'm going to try and use that a little bit more. Um, now, I, I have two other things here. Um, I'm I, ready. One I, Pump. This one I did know. Their bullet riddle de- uh, is car is called the Death Car. It is on display at a casino. Which casino? Um, let's see here. I'm curious. Okay, now following the whole ambush thing, whatever, a Louisiana sheriff who was a member of Hammer's six-man posse claimed the uh, pockmarked Ford V8 sedan, still coated with outlaws' blood and tissue. And then a federal judge, however, ruled that the automobile stolen by uh, Bonnie and Clyde should return to its former owner, who was uh, uh, Ruth Warren of Topeka, Kansas. Now, Warren leased and uh, eventually sold the car to Charles Stanley, an anti-crime lecturer who tortured fairgrounds with the death car and the, the mothers of Bonnie and Clyde in tow as sideshow attractions. Uh, still speckled with bullet holes, the death car is now an attraction at the lobby of Whiskey Pete's Casino in Prime, or Prime Nevada, a small resort wow. town in the California... On the California border, forty miles south of Las Vegas. Wow! I didn't know it was that one. I didn't know. Yeah, all I knew is it was at a casino. That's cool. I didn't know that. Sounds like a place to visit. Um, <laughs> Let's go. I'm down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see here. Uh, the last little tidbit I got is um, now they were buried separately. Um, Although they were linked in life, Bonnie and Clyde were split in death. The pair wished to, while the pair wished to be buried side by side, Bonnie's mother, who had disapproved of her relationship with Clyde, had her daughter buried in a in a separate Dallas cemetery. Uh, Clyde was buried next to his brother uh, 
Marvin underneath the gravestone with his hand picked uh, with a um, little, uh, what do you call the, uh, whatever it is, the gone but not forgotten. So, a couple little tidbits um, that most people don't know or maybe did or They're did know more details about. But that's my little yeah. bunny and spiel. Um, liked it, liked it. And that movie, man, I'm telling you. That was amazing. That was it. Was movie. it was it really really was. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't know. They, they really did something there, and I, and it won't get the credit it deserves. It won't. It won't. No, it won't. Now people people will like it. Critics, I think, are gonna not like it. Yeah. And I haven't read one critical review yet. My dad actually said you need to watch this. It's good. And my dad doesn't watch shit. Like Outlaw Josie Wales, yeah. Jeremiah Johnson, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Modern movies, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely I, I definitely agree with that. Um Let's see here. <coughs> oh, take another drink, folks. <coughs> oh shit. Oh god, I'm almost out of beer. Oh no. Oh. Okay, hang on, I got another yeah, there's a little left there. I'll get uh, might be Pete. I'm fine. Hang on. Let me check. I'll, okay, yeah, definitely check. You don't want to... Ah! It is Pete. Nah, it was just warm Bud Light. It's still but good. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that's definitely... It, you know, the whole... Remember the Bird Box or whatever that... What was that? Was that what it was called with... Uh, Dude, I never watched it. The Sandra Bullock, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched it. And it was... It Did was you... It was okay, but it, I didn't think it was a great movie. But you know, yeah. the the memes came out really quick, and I oh, actually think bad. the memes actually made it even made it more you know more popular. More people watched oh, yeah. it because yeah. of the memes. Oh, I'm sure. And I haven't seen nothing yet. I mean, granted, it just came out. The the uh, Highway Men just came out, but yeah. Oh, you'll start seeing it. You'll start seeing like the Doc Holiday quotes underneath them and stuff like that. Dude, it'll be out there. Oh, okay. I tried to watch. I tried to watch this movie. I ended up turning it off. Okay. Oceans Eight. Uh, which one is that? The one it's with the, all the it's women? The, all, all the females. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I watched and that with the wife. Yeah. I, I turned it. I, I turned it on with my wife. I had turned, before she got home, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Why not? Let's check it out. And she came home, and it was about 30 minutes into it, and I stopped it. And I looked at her, and I said, I just don't care about the characters. I said, in the first five minutes, you knew what George Clooney, what happened to George Clooney in a broad sense. He was, a, you know, something happened, and he got caught. It was because of his ex-wife, and you knew he wanted to get her back. Mm-hmm. You knew that in the first five I actually looked at my wife 30 minutes in and I said, I still don't know why they were trying to steal this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, maybe that's part of it. And I said, but now I'm not interested. I said, because I have nothing invested in this. There's no emotion. Yeah. And I just, I, it just hurt so bad because I did not want to not like it. I really did want to like it. 
Yeah, there's not many. There's not because many there, movies out that I honestly think are. No. Oh, oh, you heard that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That was gross. Oh, that sounded like you missed yourself. It smells horrible. <laughs> I'm glad you suffer. I have no beer near me, so you just kind of screw it. I'll do it when I get done. Okay. I'll, I'll shoot. I'll shoot you the video. We'll just tally him up. I'm at one. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll work. Uh, but uh, I mean it. I just didn't care about the characters, and I love all the actresses in it. Hmm. I love them all. Helen Bottom Carter, oh my god, if she left Tim Burton and came up to me and said, Gary, would you be mine? I'd say, you're going to have to fight Tyler. <laughs> but I would take the winner. <laughs> I'm going to be honest about that. I'd take the winner. <laughs> I love that woman. I think she's a tremendous actress. Her, Sandra Bullock, awesome. Um, who uh, Who's the other one? Her, her partner in crime, the blonde, English. God. It's not Tilda Swinton. It's uh, a yeah, I'm trying to Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Love her too. Oh my god! Like Rihanna, great cast. Hmm. But it seems like these great casts now have been so overdone. It's just not catching. Yeah. It's just not it's just many that, good that, movies. Nah. Like there's not many good. I'd rather, you know. Here, here's the thing. I'd rather. People spend more time and effort into a movie, and less movies come out over the year. Oh, absolutely! But they'd be they're better, you know. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Get, give another year on production, you know, on taking your time with like, that whole friggin' CGing out Henry Cavill's mustache, and it looked awful. Hmm? Oh my God! Like, really, you guys couldn't wait a year. And think of how much better the movie would have been. Hmm. I mean, honestly, because those CGI effects were dog shit. I don't know who did it, but dude, you're friggin' fired. <laughs> you know, and there are, now granted, there are some movies that, you know, I eat, they could be bad. I'm still going to watch like Marvel movies, except I, 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 I haven't watched and I probably won't watch unless it's like free and I'm, I don't know. It, which is that Marvel Girl? Because I really don't care. But which is what Marvel Girl? I just don't care. Um, we talking about Captain Marvel? Yeah. And uh, but I am going to watch the Avengers Endgame. In, in I'm curious of how they do that. They, they there are so many mixed reviews about that movie. Yeah. And it's it's mixed reviews from people I trust too, and. Like, uh, one of my good buddies who, like, is big, big into comics and stuff, he's like, dude, it's lackluster, you don't care about her, you know, it's it's just, it, it, he had said, like, Black Panther took him, like, one to two, or two, to two times to watch before he really enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. You know, this, he said, the message is so crammed down your throat, and, you know, in his, his words... The uh, the feminist message is so crammed down your throat that you're so turned off you'll never enjoy it. Yeah. Because it's no matter what you're bad. No matter what you're bad. No matter what you're bad. And I was, ooh. I said, that's that's harsh. You know, and I, you know, I've only seen snippets. Yeah. It's, uh, I just, I don't care. There's just too much controversy going on the whole thing. It just doesn't. And it's but this rare. is supposed to be this, this is, is supposed to be their rollout for Phase Four, right? Yeah, and and the thing is, well, because they have to introduce her character, and honestly, they could they could have done her personal movie after 
you know? Exactly. Dude, they introduced Black Panther, then they did Black Panther. Yeah. They made sure the character was liked and enjoyed, and then they did did its own movie. I think they did this simply to pull, if you think I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong, a different demographic or a more, a larger demographic in. Because maybe they realize that because, you know, Scarlett Johansson's contract is up. There's a bunch of the big ones that contracts are up. They might be leaving it. They need to bring in another crowd Scarlett's, now. Scarlett's, her, her contract's up? Yeah. Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., all their contracts are up. They haven't said whether they're going to re-up or not. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> yeah, they haven't said whether they're going to re-up or not, dude. So... I think they're trying to pull in another demographic, and I think it fucked them big time. You know, I can't, I can't say no to that. So it's just, it just seems a little logical. To it me. does. Like yeah. it's an idea. I think, I think it's plausible, but it, it's, it's so on point right now. It, it seems right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they, they don't give a shit about uh, offending the base that they've had for. The past how long? Mm-hmm. I think it's now. It, it is now time. Once they finish with these up, those ones that are product for right. Stop. They stop just for a while. Stop and completely revamp. Yeah. And do everything. Them. Now that now that Disney has them all, has yep. all the different ones, they fall. Just go from there and do it better. Start. I mean, there's plenty of crossover timelines and shit like that. Oh yeah. And, so, I mean, start doing weird stuff you, that maybe your comic book junkies would like, you know, but also that are able to pull in the other audiences. And here's here's a thing you can do. And Netflix, because one, wait, does does Netflix, do they do they fall under Disney? No. Oh, OK. Not to my knowledge. Well, maybe on Amazon. I don't know. Fuck. Because um, my thing is this. You can ha- if you're going to totally revamp it. And have bring the character, well, bring the superheroes back. You know, different people play them, obviously. You know, which, yeah, there's some people like, uh uh-uh, no. But still, here's what you do. The big crossovers. Those are the big movies. The smaller ones, excuse me, put them on, uh, like, Amazon. You know, a... Amazon, do a movie, ne- Netflix Amazon movie. Prime, Netflix release, yeah, that kind of shit. exactly. Yeah. You know, so that... That way, you're, you know, they can do more. It, it. But how do you keep from? They've, they've, they're oversaturating the brand now. Yeah. Like you got to admit, they were already starting that with Ant Man vs Wasp and all this stuff, but that had to set up for Endgame, mm-hmm. and I get that now. So you know, everything until now seems to have been a setup for, for a purpose. I don't understand what Captain's Marvel purpose is and all the setup. Everything yeah. up to now, let's be honest, has been geared towards the setup. Yeah. Towards this. So what is Captain Marvel? Is it just an end game? Or is she supposed to be the new leader since these other people's contracts are, you know, it's just, I, they haven't let it out and I think it's fucking shit up. Yeah. And there's so many different theories about this. There's talk that, you know, Hugh Jackman's going to do a, a small piece in it as Wolverine. Somebody, no, it's not going to happen. They're doing like they're doing like little teasers. Like they'll even put like they're doing teasers to where for this movie where they're actually fucking with people. They'll take like little shots or p- 
pictures or something from a completely different Marvel movie and kind of throwing it in there and just just to you know keep people on this whole suspense. So yeah, by doing that, I kind of wonder if the movie's actually gonna suck. I don't know, man. I hope you know, not. They're building up so much that I don't know. This is it, though. This, I mean, come on. Let's be honest. This is this is a culmination of since Captain America or Iron Man, the first Iron Man. I mean, come on. This is decade in the making. This better be good. If it sucks, oh my god, the riots! Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the over and underweight pasty males streaming into the streets spewing their Mountain Dew crunching their cool ranch Dorito bags screaming how it's not fair (laughs) biscuits leading them on the march (laughs) well I'm not pale but I am overweight (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I I can get it on the crowd I'll be I'll be the mole in the complexion (laughs) but yeah I'm I'm uh, I've I, don't know, I just I'm really curious, and I can't wait till this comes out. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. And uh, I think there's only a couple Marvel movies that are coming out next year. It's gonna be a slow bit before they start bringing out, you know, new new ones with different different people playing them. So yeah, I'm. I don't know if this whole Dark Phoenix thing is out. I've from what I'm seeing of the previews. It's going more towards the comic version of it as far as the storyline, but I don't know. I'm It could suck, and I'm still going to watch that. Yeah. Because Wolverine's always been... He's been my favorite character since the, the mid-'80s. Yeah. So. Got to stick with your faves, man. Oh, yeah. But, um... So, we've, uh... We've officially taken this episode from uh, murdering creeps, murdering, raping creeps to yes. Bunny and Clyde and, and comic books. Yeah. We, we've uh, we've done good. We have. We've made a difference. We have. And it is that <laughs> time. Is it? It's poopy time. Well, damnable hell. Yeah. So, um, folks, hey, listen, um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please copy the link, share it, tell people about it, you know. Say, hey, you want something good to listen to while you're on the toilet for an hour and a half? Check these guys out. Absolutely. You know, we're good. We are toilet time talkers, okay? We are perfect for that. (laughs) All right. Listen, folks, do something nice for somebody. Uh, Be humble. Don't be a douchebag. Don't be a douchebag, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, nipples.